finally back, a new episode of The Reluctant Vegan Son, where I talk to you about what is going on, what the schedule is looking like, and being scared, and I hope you enjoy my new intro. So let's hit it. Reluctant Vegan What is up? Thank you for rejoining me on the Reluctant Vegan Sun podcast. Uh, we're back. Well, I'm back. It's Adam, the Reluctant Vegan Sun, and I'm alone this time. All by myself. Ugh, that's scary. So, it's been about six months since the last time I've talked to you. I was with my mom at that point. And I guess thank you for tuning in if you've seen this come out. But also, I guess this episode, I'll tell you a little bit of what I've been up to, why there's been a break, and yeah, what's been going on. So last time we talked was when I was about to graduate from college, and that's part of the reason why I stopped podcasting, or we stopped podcasting. Guess it's mainly me. I can do whatever the fuck I want. It's my show. (laughs) But graduation or final exam time became very tricky. I was trying to balance my time with friends. Not going to lie, I wanted to get fucked up with them. And graduating from college. And I was doing way too much. I was also trying to start a business at the time. My uh, emotional help business. And I just couldn't find time to do everything. And it was becoming a strain on my mental health. So I decided to cut out pretty much everything besides hanging out with my friends and doing work for exams. I had a final project, a final design project, that went pretty well, even though I still don't know what the fuck went on in it. And I had a bunch of finals. Some of them I thought I was going to pass ahead of time, and some of them tried to study my ass off in the few days or the couple weeks before. And, yeah, it's really unfortunate that the podcast had to be put on hold. It's hard to choose between what you want to do with your time when you are busy. I mean, college is a fantastic place where you will be busy. You will have things to do. There are so many, so many opportunities. It's about taking advantage of them. And you're always with your friends. You will always be able to find time to be with your friends or have something to do. And it's just become very hard for me mentally. So the podcast is one of the things that stopped along with my Instagram page and all that. And it's been six months and I have time. Not that you guys aren't important to me. I Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate all you guys. It just had to be put on the back burner. And now I have lots of time. Um... Or maybe I'll have a job. I went to a job interview today, but that's not going to stop. I did enjoy doing this and want to do it again. Part of the reason why it went on hiatus too is my mom also had a lot of uh, stuff to do. And it became difficult to find times that would work with both of our schedules. And it is my podcast. I could do it alone, but I was scared. And being scared is a thing. I mean, I wanted to put myself out there, and that's part of what being doing the podcast is, but I also wasn't sure how to do it by myself. I wasn't sure if it would come off as a rant 
or just me going I don't even know yeah I guess I'm worried about it being a rant or that people wouldn't listen to just me that like what did I know what could I do I thought my mom's a smart person I mean I'm a smart person too I guess if I'm gonna toot my own horn a little bit but there's always the report with someone and who do I have better rapport with than my mother she's been around my entire life but I could look for a reaction out of her or look for something in the way she looked or the way she reacted or if I said something that I was concerned about maybe being a little maybe being wrong maybe being you know not a good comment or whatever she would call me out and she more than felt free to call me out I'm like I could take time and be like no I was wrong and if I say things that you disagree with or say things that you find wrong please comment uh email me our reluctant vegan son send me something to know and i will definitely look into that so i was scared to do this by myself and yeah that was a big part of it but people would get something out of it doesn't have to be you know world changing experience you change the world of every single person you talk to hopefully beneficially but you do you gain something out of each interaction we are social people we see things we hear things and we just end up going for it uh and then after school was over i started working at a summer camp and i wasn't in a position i had no wi-fi i had no nothing i wasn't in a position to do this again did think there could be a podcast talking about what's going on at camp but it's a, it's a strange camp it's a lovely camp. I had a lot of fun. It's hard to describe what goes on in that place, but I was a counselor for children, and 24-7, my thoughts were on them, and I, I gained a lot. I do hope to share some of what I gained. I mean, it's a really close connecting camp, and, you know, there's no Wi-Fi, no nothing. There's Wi-Fi in some places, but we couldn't be on our phones all the time. We really had to be with each other, be in each other's presence, enjoy each other's company, especially in my coast, and I loved my coast co-counselors but there wasn't a place to hide yourself you couldn't just go and be on your phone or stay away no if you did that work wouldn't get done and also kids would be at risk now these kids were a handful I will tell you that much but still you had no choice but yeah but so I had camp that I went to for a little while and then I was kind of in a funk after that, I came back to New York after graduating from college, and it's difficult. You know, you're at home. You try to find jobs and stuff. You try to find little differences in the days. I mean, every time, every day, it's the same day. It's, I got to get up. I should try to do a morning routine. I should apply to jobs. And at a certain point, I thought I was doing pretty well. I mean, kind of okay. Even when you're doing pretty well, it's not there's more time I'm a person who if I don't I know that I'm doing the best I can but I also know that I can do more I mean it doesn't help for me to get down on myself but there is a lot of time in a day and you can take advantage of it I would consider a successful day if I applied to let's say five jobs is good. I mean, to qualify for unemployment, you only need to apply for three jobs. 
but there's still applying for five jobs takes how much time? Every day, 30 minutes. Say sleep 10 hours, which is a lot. Maybe a sleep eight hours. If you're asleep 10 hours, though, there's still four, 13 and a half hours to do whatever. You know, I'd play guitar, try to. But I wasn't cooking the same way I was. I wasn't doing whatever. And it kind of got down to me. I, To me, cooking or doing those activities that you enjoy to do or the simple activities, it shows you, like, what kind of flow you're in. Like, when I went to the gym, I would be having a better day or be more productive. Or if I was cooking, I'd be more productive than if I wasn't. It's all about finding those things to really ground you or balance you. I know some people, you know, maybe it's taking a shower. I would hope people take showers. I take baths. Baths are a joy, by the way. If you guys don't know about baths, you should get on that. With Epsom salts, I was lucky to have a bathtub, like a large bathtub. Only problem with bathtubs is that you never get anywhere on time. You're going to end up sitting in the bath, fiddling with the dials for making it nice and hot, and then when it gets cold again, you turn it up more, turn it up more. You just end up sitting in there for an hour. And then some relative, your family are just going to be knocking on the door, being like, get out of the bathroom. It's been 45 minutes. We were supposed to leave at 25 minutes ago. We are like, sorry. <laughs> Not much you could do about that. Bats are nice. But yeah, uh, it's just that one thing to ground you every day to know you've been productive. And it's just you trying your best. Even if you don't do that, you are trying your best. You are doing the best you can. No one goes into their day saying, I am not doing well. I mean, I guess you can. I guess I, when I'm saying I'm in a funk, I also know I'm not doing well. But you can't beat down on yourself. If you're beating down on yourself, then the only person that you know is out there for you and I hope you have more than just yourself in your life to, you know, build you up. But even that person that you 100% is your number one fan, even if you think it's conceited to be your number one fan, you do become your number one fan. Like, if you're not your number one fan, who is? If you don't believe in yourself, someone else believing in you doesn't help if you don't believe in yourself. You just have to keep pushing or keep trying. Do that one thing every day, whether it's cook a good meal, cook a tasty meal. Like, I know that the more stuff I heat up from the freezer, the more bagels I make in the morning, I feel a lot worse. Just find, do that one thing a day, whether it's you did laundry today. And that one thing, be proud of. You, you were productive. Even if you spent... 12 hours, 13 hours, sitting on your ass. If you do that thing you need to do, feel productive. Give yourself a round of applause. It could it could be getting out of bed. It's wintertime. Seasonal depression is a thing. I don't want to get out of bed. I, I, there's times I don't leave the house for like two days. That's what happens when you don't have a job currently. But just don't, yeah. But be proud of those little things that you do. Then I went to Hawaii with my mom, which I did have a job at a point. I was I was a porter. I was I was talking to people in an elevator, pressing buttons. It was an exciting time. My parents did not like telling people what I did. They would tell people that I was traveling or looking to travel. <laughs> but be proud of what you do. Make some money if that's what you want or do whatever. 
But I did have a job for a little bit. It wasn't a job that I wanted to. And this weird thing about working, you get really tired when you finish work. I don't know how we did school. I worked a nine to five and I was exhausted. And then in school, you'd wake up for an 8 a.m. And people travel far distances to go to high school. Oh my God. I have people drive, travel two hours to get to my high school. So they woke up at five? Jesus. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of why the show went on hiatus for a little bit. But I'm coming back, and I'm going to try to have people on the show, whether it's my mom again, whether it's my sister, whether it's uh, my sister and her friend who may be on the show soon. We're just going to – I'm just going to keep putting out, try to put out a weekly episode by myself. And if I get other people to come on the show, there will be supplemental episodes to look forward to. And, yeah, that's the plan right now. So – what I wanted to talk about for today is being scared to do something on your own. Uh, the main reason, I think, why this podcast stopped for a little bit. Uh, and why? I was thinking more about what happened to me as I look for uh, validation. And not like someone necessarily... I guess that would be someone agreeing with me. But... It's not approval seeking. I'm not seeking someone else's approval. I'm seeking that what I said maybe isn't the worst. I'm worried that what I throw out there could be thrown. I mean, I'm scared. Stuff goes out on the internet forever. And I know I'm I'm editing this a little bit and whatever, and, and I can definitely take something out, but I want to keep it as raw and as off the top as possible. I don't create a script for this, and I'm scared that I'm putting out myself, and I don't know who's going to receive me. I don't know if people might disagree with me, and everybody has someone who disagrees with them. So what's the worst that happens? All you guys don't like this? That's fine. I have friends. I have whatever. <laughs> I guess it is approval-seeking in a way, all of it. There is a difference, though. I, I just think that validation means someone is responding to you in a way like I'm not seeking validation I guess the way I'm talking about it, I am seeking validation I want to receive validation I don't want to seek it but I want to receive it can you can you seek some yeah you can receive something without seeking it that happens yeah it makes sense I do wonder if my things make sense I have a hard time explaining sometimes all of it all of my thought what I mean by uh, receiving without seeking is, I guess, if I got a ball and I wasn't looking for it, I got something without looking for it. I guess that makes sense. <laughs> but I'm not seeking my mom's approval in what I say. I'm seeking a reaction. I'm seeking, you know, that what I say is kind of good. She doesn't have to agree with it. I mean, I don't go out of my way to do things if it doesn't make sense. I used to. I used to. But it's also about setting your own boundaries. I think validation, you can set your own boundaries and receive validation, but you can set your own boundaries and not have to go seek something. Like, if you go out of your way, if you're just doing something, let's say you're going to the grocery store, then you got to go half a mile to get something for someone else at a different grocery store. That might be a little bit approval-seeking. Why are you doing that? What, you, is it because you're expecting to receive something from them? I don't know. It is possible. 
Huh. But yeah, I am trying to validate what I'm saying a little bit. Uh, and that's part of the reason why I'm scared. I get none of that immediate reaction. I can see on my mom's face a response from someone. When you're talking to someone, you can see a reaction. I guess it's less that I care if they validate it or more that I can see how my words are being received. It's a scary thing to not know. That's why I don't like texting. You never know what to text. I'm like, do I text updates for my life? Do I text when, we're pl when I'm planning something? Is that the time to text? I guess you text mutually things that you think people would appreciate. Can you, I guess you can text someone how they're doing. Doesn't feel like enough sometimes though. Texting someone how they're doing. I don't think being scared is a bad thing either. I mean, evolutionary, a lot of evolutionary, is that a word? Through evolution, <laughs> people have been scared or species have been scared. I mean, that's a fight or flight mentality. There are times when you flee or you go bye-bye and you are good. You, you survive another day. You don't have to fight every battle. You can be scared of, I mean, some people don't want to jump out of planes and be scared, and that's fair. I did jump out of a plane. You could listen to that episode. Shameless plug. But there are people who are scared of heights, people think. And I think some of it, I think I looked this up at one point. Some of it might be genetics. You might be scared of something genetically. You might be scared of something because of a traumatic event that happened in your life. My biggest fear, uh, my biggest fear for sure is of trucks. Uh, and that's because that's because I was uh, uh, I'm scared of trucks. Why am I scared of trucks? Because one time I was on a highway driving my family and there was a big truck next to us and it looked a little rickety and a little off. And my dad noticed this. He was driving at the time and he drove around the truck right before an overpass came. And at the overpass, the truck hit the top of the overpass. It was too large and fell off on the car behind us. And it fell at an angle that luckily no one was hurt. He was a person in the car and it fell and crushed the car except for one little sliver where the driver was. And if that was my car, the car that my dad was driving, my sister and I would not be here. 100%. So that is my fear of trucks. And I guess there's a fear of things that's one way of being scared. I guess it's a very in-your-face thing. And just look this up. Some of it, some fears are genetic, mostly genetic, but you also have traumatic experiences. And that doesn't change. Your fears shouldn't change necessarily how you live your life. Because you're scared, I'm scared of trucks, I got my license. I drove. I'm driving now. Doesn't mean I get a little more nervous when I'm around trucks. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't stop me, though, and it shouldn't stop you. I mean, if you're scared of heights, I mean... Does it stop you from flying on planes? Depends on how inconsequential it is. Like maybe if you have a fear of spiders, you would try to avoid spiders more. Aren't too many spiders. Spiders are our friends though. I do like spiders. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, so why are people scared or approval-seeking behaviors? I mean, some of it, I, I tried looking some of this up. And a lot of it, they say, comes down to social media, how people act on social media in a way they aren't in real life, I guess seeking people's approval. You can see whether people like or not your stuff. And I guess if that's what you want to see is how much people like your things, then that's a very forward way. 
But social media is dangerous because you just compare it. You can always compare yourself to someone else, whether someone looks stronger, taller, prettier. I guess those are very physical. Seems like they have more money. I mean, social media accentuates the physical aspects of the world. It makes it easy to see. Yeah. Uh... So I guess that's something people, that's what I found for people seeking validation. Is that, is that why people post on social media? I don't really post much on social media. Personally, I did for a while for this podcast, and I'm going to start doing that again. Follow Reluctant Vegan Sun. Uh, we'll show when podcasts come out, and I'll probably have some Instagram stories of food. Uh, also, if people want to see vegan stuff, I could have segments. This is called Reluctant Vegan Sun, but kind of goes more off of the veganism. But, yeah, being scared, I mean, being scared does that. The other thing I found is that being scared strengthens your immune system, uh, which I guess is good. (laughs) It gives you an adrenaline rush, I was saying, but when you embrace fear, yeah, that's for sure. I mean, I'm a little scared of heights, and when I went skydiving, that's probably the greatest adrenaline rush of my life. Overcoming fears is something you can be proud of, too. I mean, people... People can overcome their fears. I guess the easiest way or the hardest way, depends on the way you look at it, is by facing it in the in the face. By facing it in the face. <laughs> by facing it head on. I guess you're kind of at facing it in the face if you're facing it head on. But, yeah. The other thing that scares me is saying that thing. It helps to say that thing that you're scared about loud, too. The more you work on it, the more you say it, the, le- the more it becomes part of you. Another thing that I'm scared at is failing. Uh, I'm worried a lot about failing. I think that I might, everything I try just might not work, and that's okay. If you fail, it just means you didn't ha- you didn't work out this time. You can try again. Every single person has tried multiple times for things to before things worked out. A lot of people have. If you get it right on the first try, I was watching something. Or was reading something. I mean, someone was concerned that if you fail, if you get things right on the first time, or someone might have told me this, that doesn't fucking matter. (laughs) That people won't have the basis to really improve upon the success or try again. They won't have the parts in place. Like if you try and try and try, you will figure out everything you need to about that thing you're trying to do. Right, you've tried a hundred different angles, a hundred different ways, and one will work, and you can build off of that. Or maybe, if that's going a little stale, you can transition into another way. It is a lot. You have a base of all the stuff that you tried and failed, and you learn from each experience. You learn maybe this didn't work out, so you're next I'll do it again. You can get lucky that one time, and maybe you can produce long-term success, but it it's hard. Maybe you'll feel, fail at the second thing. Maybe the first thing you do is a success, but the second thing you fail at, and at that point you're like, well, that was easy the first time. Maybe I can't come back from this failure. But no, you just have to keep trying. I'm always worried about how something in the future I can't do. So I can't start. Like I'm applying for jobs now, and I go on vacation in January. I'm going on vacation with my family. And I'm worried that because I'm applying for jobs now, there's only three weeks until my vacation that I'm going to have to quit or people won't hire me or I have to start after. Or like since I want to travel, 
I'm worried that I'm gonna have to go. And the answer is, you can still apply for jobs and leave your job. I mean, there's nothing holding you. I've, there's, I guess you can call it commitment to it, but there's nothing wrong with people changing their mind and don't let people guilt you otherwise. Ugh. So, that's it. Worried about not being the best. Not worried about not being the absolute best, too. And that's okay. There are going to be people better than you at everything. And most of those people who are better than you have put in a lot of work. I mean, granted, there are some things I can try my entire life and I'll probably never be like, I will never be a professional athlete. I didn't work hard enough, I think, also when I was trying to. I'm not saying I was trying to be a professional athlete, but I did play sports. And I never put in... There are people who are my size who always put in that extra work, always put in the effort. People taller than me who put in the effort. Everybody who is like a college athlete or a professional athlete has put in a lot of effort to get to where they are no matter who they are. Maybe there's like a few people. There might be a few people good enough to do professional. Like Allen Iverson's famous quote is all about practice. Practice? Why, why do I have to go to practice is what he would say. And he was that good. It's like one in a ridiculous amount. But like Michael Jordan, famous story. He got cut from his ninth grade freshman basketball team or whatever. Or something like that. And he became the greatest. He worked really, really hard and became the greatest basketball player of all time. Now that's up for debate, but that's not the point here. I also think that some people look for approval seeking so that they can reciprocate love. My friend was telling me that she looks for people to reciprocate love in how she puts herself out there. And I don't think there's a way. And I think she doesn't think there's a way for people to love her if she doesn't get it validated. And my perspective on that is that I believe everybody loves me and unconditionally or is my friend unconditionally, that they will be there for me, that I would do anything within reason for for my friends. And it's usually not that hard of a thing to ask. I mean, of course, you have your boundaries. You are number one. But I also expect the same. Like, if people ask me to do something, I would do it. Your actions show a lot. It doesn't mean, though, if you they cross people cross your boundaries, stick up for yourself. You don't need to just please everybody to show that you're worthy of love. And there is always going to be that one person that you will know will always love you, and that's yourself. Self-love is very important. My mom and sister have been doing a challenge where they high-five themselves in the mirror every day. Put a big smile on. Try it. Try high-fiving yourself in the mirror. And and I feel better by doing that. They feel better. It's cool. Anyways, that's being scared. That's what I want to talk about. I found this tidbit, though. Uh, reading the news. Uh, so, entirely different subjects, but, yeah, who cares? Uh, a bishop is saying that Santa isn't real to children while there's a Santa behind them. And these are nine-year-old children. This is a bishop in Italy. And I'm not sure about what the Italian view on Santa Claus is, but kids love Santa Claus, uh, from what I can tell. People, Italians, this is from the New York Times uh, that I was reading this. And a lot of the Italian community were very mad about that, that he would say that Santa Claus is not real. It's a shame. And the reason why he was saying that, the article was saying, is that consumerism is what made Santa Claus. And he liked it better when kids were sending their letters to baby Jesus. Now, what baby Jesus is going to send you that Santa Claus is not, I don't know. 
I don't know. Would Baby Jesus in your head? Whenever people say Baby Jesus, it makes me think of Talladega Nights, where Ricky Bobby would always pray to Baby Jesus. Baby Jesus is a weird concept, too. Baby Jesus probably wasn't Christian. He, pretty sure he came up with his own religion later. He was Jewish. Not the point. I, but people love Santa. I love Santa. Yeah, I'm Jewish. I met Santa. Santa. The Santa I met was really cool. And you can't tell me that was not the real Santa. I met him in North Pole. so, And we met the reindeer. Can't tell me that wasn't the real Santa. Maybe it's because lying is a sin. Is that possible why he didn't like Santa Claus? It is, certainly. I guess you don't want your parents to lie to you. I know people who are disappointed when they found out that Santa Claus was not real. Does that make you mistrust your parents? I mean, people say white lies all the time. Is Santa Claus a white lie? It might be. Are you going to tell your kids Santa Claus? Would I tell my kids Santa Claus is real? I probably would. Most kids figure it out, too. I don't know when I figured it out. I guess I still haven't if I believe it's the real Santa Claus in the North Pole in Alaska. Not North Pole, uh, Antarctica. Would that be it? Would it be North Pole, Antarctica, or North Antarctica? Is that the city? What's the zip code for the North Pole? I have no idea. I <laughs> wonder what the zip code would be for the North Pole. I'll find that out for next time. But yeah. Uh, and it said in the article that the Santa Claus is based off a real person who was from the 4th century that gave out turkeys to the poor. I think Santa Claus is great. I mean... He's helping the poor. Jesus probably was great, too. He wanted to help the poor. People want to hit the poor. Christianity has just gone very far from its true tenets of helping people to the core. I mean, I think most people probably do try to help poor people. I don't know. But, yeah, I think that it was fucked up to dash little kids' hopes. That's my opinion. I was looking at, I didn't even realize how high up a bishop was in the scale. And a bishop is uh, the third highest. But, yeah. He also said that Santa only gave gifts to families who have money. And if you don't have money. And I think that most most uh, families try to scrape by for Christmas presents. I, I mean, I know people talk. I've talked with people in my community. I live in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Who said that the holiday times are hard sometimes because they know they're going to get presents. So people will get presents. But I don't know how baby Jesus is going to give you any less, any more presents than what Santa Claus is doing. Yeah. I love Christmas spirit, too. I was walking home tonight, and just the whole city is lit up, and the holiday market looks really pretty. Like, there's a festive cheer in the air. I mean, some people say, I guess I can ask the Lubbock rabbi down the block for a future time how what he thinks about Christmas. I personally love it. You Jewish Christmas, typically, is you go see a movie and you eat Chinese food, and that's Jewish Christmas, and what is there not to love about Chinese food and watching a movie in the theaters? Plus, they got the fancy seats in the theaters now. There's also just a festive spirit in the air. It makes life better, especially in times when season, in a time when seasonal depression would otherwise drag you down. It brings the mood up. So I think Christmas is good. I don't know if that's the overarching Jewish perspective on Christmas. That is why Hanukkah has presents, though. Yeah. Anyways, thank you so much for listening to me. Uh, please review like subscribe to the podcast if you have any questions for me email me at reluctant vegan son follow me on instagram at reluctant vegan son if you want me to talk about more vegan stuff i could talk about what i hate i could talk about trying to stay vegan or vegan recipes i guess uh let me know and next week i'm gonna talk about what the fuck do i want to do with my life 
and how I'm getting around that as a recent college grad. And if you're interested in that or interested in something else, please let me know. All right, well, have a great week.